You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com All right, welcome to the broadcast, friends. Welcome to Corbett Report Radio. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you from the sunny climes of western Japan, where it is Thursday morning. But out there in the U.S., where it is Wednesday night, I'm joined on the line tonight by Andrew Blake, an investigative reporter for RT, RT.com, uh, who has been working on a extremely large and expanding story about Trapwire, an electronic surveillance system that was really only revealed in a uh, spectacular fashion in the past week or so, and uh, the alternative media has been picking up on this and researching furiously. So tonight we're going to be finding out more about Trapwire and what's really going on with this. Andrew Blake, thank you so much for joining us on the program tonight. Oh, no, my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for drawing attention to this. This is something that, I mean, I I want to say I just have a hunch it's going to be get big, but it feels like it's already doing that. So I really appreciate people taking the time to actually try to understand this. That's right. Well, it has been exploding on the social media universe at any rate. So hopefully we can kick that out into more of a mainstream conversation. But let's start talking for people out there who have absolutely no idea what Trapwire is. Uh, We just have a few minutes here before the first break. Why don't we talk just uh, in broad terms, what is Trapwire? Um, Well, keep in mind that we have to kind of kind of take there's this is a really sensitive subject so we have to be really careful about what we're saying because our big source of information here keep in mind are emails that came out of this uh hack so the authenticity of what our main sources are for pretty much everything that we're talking about uh is kind of up in the air but that that's okay as long as you you go in everything with with an open mind but pretty much from what we understand trap wire is a surveillance system that involves um, video identification and face recognition software that is more advanced than anything commercially available in the world right now. And it uses that uh, face scanning technology and combines it with an aggregated data mine of information about anyone who is inputted into this database. And it's, uh, it's the brainchild of a company called Abraxis, which is, uh, as of a few years back, owned by another corporation called Cubic. And according to these emails, uh, Strapwire, or I'm sorry, Trapwire has been um, dispatched pretty much across the world. Uh, D.C., New York, New Jersey, Las Vegas, London, uh, rumors of uh, installations across Australia. And uh, if what we know is 100% true, it can lead us to assume that that means those cities all have access to a system that aggregates huge, huge collections of data and combines it with face recognition software that's only something of science fiction until now. Um, sorry, James, you know what? I cannot hear you right now. Do you want to, uh... Sorry, I had my mic on, mic on mute. Uh, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> so just to be clear, uh, the, the, the files that we're, that we're talking about here that were leaked out of this Strat4 hack are, are where we're getting a lot of the information about the nitty gritty on, on Trapwire. But, uh, Trapwire itself was known, was at least publicly available before this point, right? Oh, yeah, all that information is entirely out there. Like, when, Rumors started coming through the other day. I don't want to say rumors, but when the name Trapwire starts showing up on places like Twitter all of a sudden, you go, I've never heard of this thing before. What is it? If you were to Google it uh, back last week, 
what you would find were pretty much those very, very preliminary reports that were starting to surface. And then on top of that, just publicly available information about Trapwire, like uh, their, their plans, what the business model was, what it was capable of, who their clients were. So it's very much an open source investigation. Well, we're going to have to take our first break, but we'll be right back with Andrew Blake right after these messages. All right, welcome back to the broadcast, friends. You are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're talking to Andrew Blake, who is working for RT, and he has a personal website, APBlake.com, that you can go to find out more about himself and his writing and photography and other projects. Um, but right now we're talking about Trapwire, this uh, very interesting in, in, in a surveillance system that has been really uncovered and unearthed and unmasked in the past week or so. And uh, we're now in the process of going through the open source intelligence, uh, uh, digging out of the information about this publicly known and available company and what it's up to. So let's let's start getting into more of the, the specifics about Trapwire and how it functions, uh, what kinds of things it's technically capable of doing, and what uh, what we can say definitively or even tentatively <laughs> about what its uh, what its scale and scope is at this point. Yeah. Um, well. That's 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 also kind of the, the, the tough thing right here is that publicly, um, it's all hype. Publicly, they're trying to sell parkers. They're not going to go out there and say, "Hi, this is what we do," and this is exactly you know point for point for point how we do it. So we can't, as far as what it's deeply, deeply capable of beyond what what we think is something still yet to be determined. But um, it's being touted as, like I said, more uh, accurate than any facial recognition software um, available. And we know that these cameras are, uh, the cameras that are linked to the system in some places could exceed thousands. Um, Using publicly available information, you can find out that the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C., they signed on with Trapwire uh, a few years ago for uh, a pilot. Um, They just wanted to test it out for a little bit. And the number of D.C. cameras that were linked to Trapwire were never uh, publicly disclosed to my knowledge. However, um, there are a substantial amount of cameras all across the city. And during that exact same time frame, uh, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, they also cut a deal to start bringing in hundreds, if not thousands, of surveillance cameras from private businesses across the city, as well as all the Department of Transportation cameras, which I believe are around 171 of those. And um, cameras in schools, and they were all linked to be fed directly to the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department. And with them having access to this program, we know um, from what we've been able to gather that this actual trap warrior program is all, it consists of these feeds being sent to um, some sort of analysis center where it is processed. Uh, The company in charge of Braxis, they advertise it as actually being guarded and monitored 24-7. So all this intelligence is then sent there. And uh, what they do with it is uh, something that we're really only starting to try and find out now. All right, so let's let's just back up this, this this boat one more time for people who are just getting on board. So so we have the the global intelligence files. That Strat4 is this private intelligence company based out of Austin, Texas. It was hacked yes, yes. last year by Anonymous, 
And mm-hmm. that hack was distributed by WikiLeaks, or at least part of it was distributed by WikiLeaks last year. A new dump came out just last week of yeah, some yeah, of the emails. Right. And from and- those emails, we're learning about some of the capabilities and some of the, the extent of this Trapwire program, which is really more of a database than it is any particular surveillance technology. Uh, well, like I said, we're still trying to figure out exactly what's going on, but we do know that it's, uh, it's, it's capable, it, it's more than a database because they say that they're using, um, technology that's able to aggregate this stuff to actually positively identify people. So, no, it really is, um, like some sort of technology. They have the patents out there. The patents are publicly available for what they want to do. So it is actually an operation. And um, with things actually took uh, a kind of turn for the wild today. Um, if you go through, um, like you were saying, these, these Stratford emails were um, allegedly obtained from the Stratford servers by anonymous uh, hacktivists back uh, on December 23rd, December 24th of last year eventually published in part by WikiLeaks. And like you're saying, the, these Trapwire ones, a part of the Global Intelligence Files, um, just recently came out um, last week. And um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to back up myself here, and I'm starting to lose track of where where precisely I was going with this, because it's something that <laughs> is so complicated that you can lose yourself in the Trapwire. Oh, there we go. It brings me back. Okay, so in this trove of emails, uh, including... Uh, uh, different back and forth between uh, Fred Burton, usually, who is Stratford's vice president of intelligence, and other people in and outside of the agency, you can kind of see how Stratford was trying to hype up Trapwire. Turns out that they had a little bit of a deal. Um, Stratford would kind of push them on their customers, and in turn, they would get 8% of uh, the contracts that were signed. And since the installation of Trapwire in certain jurisdictions can cost tens of not $150,000, $175,000 in some locales, um, so um, Stratford had a reason to be, be hyping these up. Um, but anyway, so we have a collection of these emails that we believe came from Fred Burton and other people, and most of them are just plain text, you know, back and forth sent from one person in the office to another. Some of them are sent from Blackberries. I don't know why this intelligence company is using Blackberries to communicate. Anyways, um, one of these emails was brought to my attention today because if you if you go, uh, when we did an article on rt.com slash USA, it's up there today. Sorry for the cheap plug. But if you go there, you can see that um, one of the emails appears to be nothing more than just an uh, unintelligible string of characters, just complete and utter gibberish. But it's really just incredibly basic encryption uh, under uh, Base64. And it's... You pretty much anyone who knows that this encryption exists can decode it. It's just a matter of taking this block of nonsensical characters, plugging it in to a free website or publicly accessible website, and it transcribes it for you. And of course, you know these files. There's really no media attention yet on these things, so people really aren't going in there and doing that much investigating right now. I mean, they are, and there's a lot of hacktivists and people uh, allegedly aligned with the anonymous collective who are doing a lot of work, but the media is not really picking up on it yet. And so the 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 pace of the way the pace and speed that this is developing is is really phenomenal given uh, how. How less attention is it's being given than it really should. But, anyways, I digress. Today, um, one of these encoded emails in Base sixty four. If you go back and go through them, 
all of a sudden we're seeing this email allegedly written from Stratford's vice president of intelligence, and he's saying that Trapwire is already um, connected to the White House, and it's already connected to Scotland Yard, and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, they have access to the system too. And he starts naming all of these intelligence and law enforcement agencies across the world and says that we are, I think his exact quotes were, we're within their walls. We're already there. And um, the NYPD just the other day, the Paul Brown, the spokesman for the New York Police Department, he rejected claims. He said that we don't have a deal with Trapwire. But there's being more and more documents are coming up every day that's saying that, all right, maybe they don't right now. But as of 2010, 2011, there are definitely emails that are linking these huge law enforcement agencies with huge responsibilities to this really creepy, widespread, international, state-of-the-art sci-fi surveillance system that's blanketing the world jurisdiction by town, by city, by state, and it's, it's taking over everywhere. So so we think. I know that sounds really, really built up and exaggerated and kind of fear-mongering, and I apologize, but it's kind of, you kind of want to hope that it is just so that you can keep it going and be motivated to find out more about it. So until those claims are completely 100% rejected and dismissed, I don't want to give up on it. I know a lot of other people aren't, but like I said, we really have to go into here, into this whole situation just very carefully and work with the public available, uh, publicly available information. You know, it's good that these Stratford files exist too, the global intelligence files, and it's good that we can go through here and uh, at least point us in the direction of some things. But, you know, we do have to be careful about what we're saying. But today we have we believe, a link directly between white, the White House and this huge, creepy, creepy system. Very, very interesting stuff. And uh, perhaps the, the most bizarre part of this whole tale is that not only does Stratfor, this private intelligence company, use Blackberries to communicate, but they also <laughs> use Base64 coding, like uh, basically like it came out of a Cracker Jack box decoder ring or something. I mean, it's not particularly difficult to, to crack that type of code. So again, what, what what's even the point of that? But but just yeah. such bizarre stuff coming out of here. So, so this is actually tying in already to MI5, RCMP, other places around yeah, the world? Yeah, I only took um, I know news of Trapwire started circulating uh, on Twitter. That's how I first started uh, picking up murmurings of it last week. Uh, last Thursday, and by Friday morning, 4 a.m. D.C. time, we had that first article on RT. And on Monday, it was refuted, uh, not refuted, but there was a New York Times article that kind of, in my opinion, brushed it under the rug a little bit. And it, we're seeing it getting picked up by MSNBC and I believe um, the Toronto Star today, uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain. And, um, yeah, it's it's only been a couple of days, but it's there's are so many people not necessarily working with the mainstream media, but who are just curious and have the time and the resources to actually investigate and can sit there and nerds like me who in between doing their actual job at work are going through and trying to dig up sources and, you know, going through Google searches 20 pages deep trying to find stuff. And, you know, these are, you know, journalists and activists and just kind of concerned people. And some of them are skeptics. Some of them don't really know what they're looking for. Some of them are realizing that they're stumbling into something way bigger than we never would have imagined. Um, so there is still kind of like, at least in my instinct, like this shroud of disbelief that exists there where this, you kind of don't want to believe that you stumbled upon something this big. Do you, do you really want right. this to be 
know, the Pentagon Papers or right. something. Well, we are we are crowdsourcing journalism now, which is an exciting uh, era to be moving into, where we don't have to rely on the New York Times to tell us what uh, what's going on. We can actually start looking into some of this ourselves. So that yeah. is exciting in some ways. All right, yeah. we're coming up against another break, so we'll take a timeout. But we are once again talking to Andrew Blake, APBlake.com, about the Trapwire story. If you want to get in on tonight's conversation, ask any questions, 1-800-313-9443. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, welcome back, friends. Here we are on this edition of Corbett Report Radio, talking once again to Andrew Blake of APBlake.com, who's been reporting for RT America on this developing story about Trapwire the surveillance program from hell that, uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's going too far, but at any rate, an interesting looking program. So let's, let's talk about some of the kickback that this story has been receiving that you mentioned there with the New York Times, for example. Uh, Slate.com also had their, uh, their, their kick at the can, as it were, uh, just on Monday. They posted this. Internet activists, the software program Tra- Trapwire is not a global conspiracy to photograph your face. And it's, uh, it's pointing back to those, those patent documents that you were talking about that are online about Trapwire, and I suggest people do go and take a look at them, because uh, as you point out, of course, a lot of the PR for the uh, Braxis Corporation is going to be hyping their product, um, so it's not going to be reliable in terms of capabilities, but this patent, yeah. patent application would theoretically have at least some of the details about what this actually does. And their interpretation of this patent is, uh, is basically showing that um, it's designed to store information about suspected terrorists at locations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the, the, the gist of this article is saying that all it is is uh, written reports that, uh, that people make about various incidents. They'll, they'll submit it uh, with a video clip from the, the surveillance camera in question. And this will be compiled by the, the database behind the scenes. Um, but but the, their idea is that basically this is this is humans filing reports in kind of an automated um, structure or format that uh, that will correspond to the way that these reports are compiled, and and then it'll it'll produce a report about what's happening at a given site. So they're basically saying there's no big deal behind this. What what's your take on what Slate is saying? What the New York Times is saying? What some of the other mainstream sources are saying on this? Um. Well, I mean, they're all, they all are free to say whatever they want. That's great. And we, yeah, we really don't have 100% confirmation that this is being used in this instant, uh, you know, in certain situations. I'd like to believe, and I think a lot of people would, and it, I think it will turn out that way. But so they're absolutely right to be skeptical of it. Um, but um, like we were saying that earlier, um, the first information that came out about this was really, really primitive because there really wasn't any. And I'm sure that I would love to see how many, uh, with what the the number of Google searches for Trapwire and Abraxas have been just in the last week watching them go up. But um, one of the first uh, sources that we're able to work with was a 2005 interview with, um, excuse me, I'm just pulling it up for you right now. It's a 2005 interview with Richard Hollis Helms, who was the founder of Abraxas. And Abraxas, I said, was the um, developer of Trapwire. And in this 2005 interview, this, this wasn't a hype piece about Trapwire. Trapwire was one of the questions in like a 10, 15 question Q&A session. And someone mentions Trapwire, he says, this is a quote, uh, can collect information about people and vehicles that is more accurate than facial recognition, draw patterns, and do a threat assessments of areas that may be under observation from terrorists. 
He calls it a proprietary technology designed to protect critical national infrastructure from a terrorist attack by detecting the pre-attacked activities of the terrorist and enabling law enforcement to investigate and engage the terrorist long before an attack is executed. And he says, the beauty of it is that we can pr- protect an infinite number of facilities just as efficiently as we can. We push information out to local law authorities automatically. So he's, you know, he's saying that it's more than just a database. He's actually saying that we are scanning faces. We are actually finding out who you are without you actually doing anything. We can take a suspicious activity, anything that we deem suspicious, and we can say, okay, you're a person of interest now. What are we going to do about you? And like that, you could have a file. It really is that that simple, it would seem. Um, there is also... Um, I'm going to apologize that I don't have the information right in front of me right now. I'm working off of two very faulty machines. But um, there has been other material that, that, that circulated throughout this community of researchers who are trying to dig into this right now. And there has been correspondence between people. I don't want to cite any names because I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, but there are materials that say, oh, if when you are using Trapwire, make sure that you get a look of the person uh, from this kind of angle. This is the kind of details that you want to have in mind. This you know, a chest shot or a face shot. This is the part of that we, we need to see. And um, according to, to, to some of these alleged materials, that's actually discussed in there too. So I, I would like to believe that it's more than just, um, you know, relying on word of mouth. But that's another thing. It is connected to um, systems, or at least was at one point, uh, New York Police Department and uh, Washington Metropolitan Police Department, where uh, they are also connected to systems where people can um, report suspicious activity from from their phone anonymously. Um, The whole New York, if you see something, say something. That whole campaign and the whole trying to to process potential terrorist threats was run through Trapwire. Um, And I, like I said, I don't really want to sound like a huge fear-mongering weirdo, but you can't help but examine there is another connection in this whole uh, grand scheme of things where uh, Cubic Corporation, the company that acquired Abraxas a few years ago, they also run the transit fare card systems and some of the biggest cities in the world. Um, I know New York, Chicago, uh, London, I believe offhand. And uh, so Chief just, you know, don't want to necessarily jump to conclusions, but this one crazy, crazy billion dollar corporation runs one one system where they are scanning faces and putting them to a database and connected to God knows where. And then they're also overseeing a completely separate distance system where people are inputting their credit card information at a precise you know, geo-censored spot and right. then traveling. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Incredible. Um, that's an interesting piece of the puzzle at any rate. And I think, I hope people are, are going to be looking into that. All right. We're coming up against another break. We'll take another short breather. We'll be back with Andrew Blake, apblake.com right after this. Welcome back to the broadcast. Once again, I am
I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're talking to Andrew Blake of APBlake.com, who's been reporting for RT America on the Trapwire intelligence grid, and it is extremely interesting. You you noted uh, before the break there that it would be interesting to see uh, how many people are, are becoming aware of this and searching for Trapwire in the wake of the, the revelation of this story. Well, a quick search on Google Trends shows that I basically... Knew, I knew you'd do it. <laughs> you, you know it. Well, it shows basically a straight line, uh, absolutely flat, and then in the last three days, it's basically a straight line upwards. So it's definitely breaking in a big way, which is exciting because, again, it shows that, uh, that there is a new sort of reporting paradigm that's coming along, and we can't just be told what's important by the, the mainstream mouthpieces anymore. And I think that's ultimately for the good, although, of course, we also have to be cautious about some of the failings with this as the doorbell rings, because no one knows that I'm doing my radio show. So uh, <laughs> so let's let's get into to some more about this Abraxas Corporation and Cubic Corporation and some of the connections there, because as I understand, it's not only uh, a corporation that also owns some, some the, the system that uh, runs the transportation card network in uh, New York and Chicago and London and elsewhere, but it also has a, uh, a stake in an anonymizing email software. Oh yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, let me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to, to stumble for a second while I get you the uh, exact information because I don't want to screw it up. Because uh, when I saw all this information yesterday and I started doing my story. I uh, kind of went back and tried to double check everything myself because it just seemed almost too much like like a really really badly like poor just poorly written sci-fi movie. Um, so what did we what did we find out yesterday? Um, I'm sorry here. Um, back in 2010, that is when uh, uh, Cubic absorbed Abraxas, and um, that's a whole other thing that they're denying and we can get to the press release later which is absolutely hysterical but so when cubic uh, acquired uh abraxas along with trapwire they also got um uh an an anonymizer is that the, the correct way to anonymizer anonymizer and yeah yeah okay um and at the time they wrote that as the online privacy space continues to mature this is a great position to increase its lead in the industry and be at the forefront of bringing innovative products to the market consumers need state-of-the-art solutions to protect themselves from relentless threats to their online privacy so so this is this is the vice president of of this company here the vice president of the same company that runs trapwire or at least owns Trapwire, we believe, says, consumers need state-of-the-art solutions to protect themselves from relentless threats to their online privacy. And it's, in the grand scheme of things, when we look back, that's absolutely hysterical. So this program was um, touted as a way of, you know, masking your online identity for the sake of protecting yourself and being able to um, get information out there without risking your life. And it turns out that the same people who invested in this are the same people who are pretty much eroding day by day the privacy that exists, like that, that, you know, are, you know, born, like what, what everything that you're born with is just being taken away when they're pretty much scanning you and searching you for no reason. It violates, you know, half of the bill of rights right there, um, and it's 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 kind of hysterical how 
related all of this stuff is, and uh, I'm back up a little bit, speaking of how quickly this stuff is spreading, they actually, one of the emails out of Stratford from, I believe, 2010, I, I also don't have it in front of me, but um, they said at one point that their presence in D.C. was increasing uh, daily. Like, every single day they were picking up more and more nodes to work in this entire system. So it really is that big. <laughs> All right. Once again, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Andrew Blake about the Trapwire story, and the phone lines are open at 1-800-313-9443 if you have a question or comment about Trapwire, or you can tweet me at Corbett Report, and I'll respond on air. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about Abraxas, this the company that was uh, that owned Trapwire in the first place. Um, as I understand, they're based out of Virginia, and unsurprisingly, have some CIA ties uh, among yeah, some of the people. Yeah, uh, who would have thought, right? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> of course they do. Um, and it's actually, it's funny because uh, Straffer also has a bunch of CIA ties. And in one of those uh, decoded emails that we were looking at uh, earlier today, um, gosh, let me pull this one up too. It's just so funny. It's just the, the degree to how hysterically scary this is. You really just have to laugh about it. Otherwise... You know, pull your hair out in terror, I suppose, but I guess we've already taken care of that. (laughs) For for people who are out there in Radioland, if you download this video later from CorbettReport.com, you can see that Andrew and I coordinated hairstyles today, so... (laughs) Um, Okay, so in one email from Fred Burton, the vice president of intelligence at Stratford, um, he says that, oh, I just chatted with Mike M., the trapwire operator and former CIA crony. And he just acknowledges that he's not even a CIA staffer, he's a a CIA crony. Um, And if you go through, um, there's not a lot of information available about, you know, the exact, at least publicly available, about who is exactly linked to Abraxas, but the board of directors is available, and yeah, it's it's kind of uh, you can go through and see people from the Pentagon, from the CIA, like from like countless different government organizations. And you can even, well, what I did when I started the story was like, no, who are these people? I just went to LinkedIn and found, you know, what I believe to be their, their profile that says, oh, I work for Abraxas. And before that, oh, I worked at the Department of Defense. Or before that, I was an intelligence agent. Um, like here, right now, I'm going to, to pull up, uh, the LinkedIn profile of, like here, let's, Let's get on this guy's naughty list. This is George Kinchin, who, according to uh, the LinkedIn profile I'm looking at, is the senior intelligence recruiter at Abraxas Corporation. And let's see, he was also a regional recruiting station manager at the U.S. Army. He was a regional recruiting operations manager at the U.S. Army. He's a hiring manager at the U.S. Army. Um, well, he went to high school, so that was good. Um, and <laughs> you, you go through here, and it's pretty much these people who – have built a career in the the military industrial complex or you know just the actual by the books federal military like people that came out of the Pentagon or they came out of the CIA they they I just moved into this company which makes perfect sense and so aside from what we see in these emails that we believe to be true what kind of out or unspoken connections exist as well? Like these people are shaking hands, you know, on both sides of the Potomac. They're right up the river in uh, Herndon, I believe. And it's, it's all DC agents that are not all, but that's, that's entirely true. It's, it's almost like they took like the, 
the legion of bad guys, uh, like every superhero arch nemesis in the intelligence community, and stuck them together and said, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they created this thing, um, and Stratfor was getting 8% of the profit for every client that they pushed it on. And their clients were, you know, these government agencies and, and other groups. Like, And they just... We're able to push it, get some money, and make this web that much bigger. And, you know, those Stratfor hack that happened back in December, we don't know what happened um, since then. For all we know, Stratfor and Trade, uh, our Trapwire could be still completely in cahoots, most likely are, and, you know, pushing this stuff. I would love to see what kind of damage control they're operating right now, um, uh, Stratfor at least. Um, To my knowledge, they haven't said anything today or this week. if you go back earlier this year, um, the CEO of Stratfor at the time said, oh, yeah, you know, we were hacked. Sure. Some of the emails might be real. Some might be fake. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to steep to that level. Whatever. Neither confirm nor deny. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And he kind of said, like, 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 screw it. Whatever. We're going to we're not going to we're not going to lose sleep over this. Um and, you know, it's been a couple of months, and it seems like this is the most damaging stuff I've seen so far out of the global intelligence files. Um, but, yeah, th- they're not um, – Stratford isn't saying anything right now, but what was great was the Abraxas Corporation – or, I'm sorry, the Cubic Corporation, the, the, the big, big, big parent company. The other day, they put out a press release saying – that we have nothing to do with with Trapwire. It's it's we never were. We never. I'm gonna have to be a jerk again and pull up this one again too, so I can read you another um, another hilarious uh, statement about the whole damn thing. But we do and, have know, confirmation that they purchased Abraxas. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yes, okay. yes 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 that's. that's it's out there. You can you can find the the report. You can see the Security and Exchange Commission filings. You can see that this transaction happened. You can find press releases from a few years ago that link all these companies together. Um, but this press release that they put out on Monday um, says, Cubic Corporation acquired Abraxas Corporation uh, on December 20th, 2010. Abraxas Corporation, then and now, has no affiliation with Abraxas Applications, now known as as Trapwire. However, if you go... I'm sorry for sounding so dramatic, but it's just, like, so funny, because when I saw that, the first thing I went was that I wonder if that's true. I mean, they're telling us that's that's the case. You know, why would they lie to us? And then you go through there, um, and let's see here. Let's go back to Washington Business Journal, 2010. Reston, Virginia's Abraxas applications will seek federal, state, and local government clients, as well as companies in financial services. Oh, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. So, so it's going on. Washington Business Journal talking about Abraxas applications. Says Abraxas applications spent 300-person uh, companies, spent millions developing trap wire. And then we have Abraxas application hits the ground running. Abraxas Corporation run contracts to test trap wire. So... The, these they are completely linked. Abraxas Corporation has the contracts to test Trapwire with the NYPD. Abraxas Corporation runs Abraxas Applications. Abraxas Applications is owned by Cubic. And um, if anyone has the time, I'm not sure if he's listening right now, but if you want to do yourself a favor, go out and try to find a fellow by the name of Justin Ferguson. I hope he doesn't men- uh, mind me mentioning his name, but he's a independent computer researcher who has also been doing a lot of work. Um, on this whole thing. So if you can find him, 
And, uh, you know, don't actually go out and find him. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure... <laughs> Trap Wire can find him, I'm sure. This apartment building right now anyway. So, <laughs> sorry, Justin. And if the FBI is outside, just let me finish this interview. Um, but if you go and find out uh, his research, he's also gone to great lengths to go, oh, okay, wait, Cubic says they don't do this, and Abraxas says they don't do this. Let me find a way. And I know he's been, like, adamantly researching this and has found other connections too and they're out there and it's it's so great that most like most of this information is completely publicly available like arguably the scariest stuff i mean i think maybe the worst is what we saw today in those encrypted emails where i was talking about where they said that this system is given to the white house and it's given to canadian authorities and british authorities and that it's within their walls i think that itself is really scary, but no one's picking up on it yet. So I think it's scary. I really hope people go to RT and, and read that story. Um, but, you know, before that, the the most, uh, the, the scariest information, I would say, is is what's already out there. And it's it's just that this exists. And I, I'm losing, losing, got to back up again before I screw well, up. Well, let, let me, let me back things up a little <laughs> bit. Let's, let's talk yeah. a little bit more about the monetary side of this because this is a product that is being sold and is being pimped by Stratfor and others. So, uh, what is, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so who is ultimately at the end of the day paying for this? The police, uh, uh um, services are, are paying for the, the ability to, to access Trapwire? That's a good question. Uh, we know that uh, the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department uh, was donated a copy of the of uh, Trap Wire that was valued at, I want to say, $36,000. I'm not certain. Um, but there's other instances, according to the Stratford emails, where Fred Burton, their VP of intelligence, is talking about signing on, um, I believe, the Texas Department of Public Safety. And that contract was going to be... Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the emails without stuttering too hard, but I, I believe that that was something like $175,000, which was then another one twenty-five dollars uh, on top of the Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry. State of Texas, half a million dollars on getting trap wire with an additional licensing fee of $150,000. That's in the, the Stratford emails. And we know that casinos in Las Vegas, at least 60 of them have signed on to this Um we know that it's on site at at the Pentagon and other DOD facilities. So, yeah, these uh, agencies are um, in some cases given trap wire, in other cases, Stratford is you know talking about, oh man, we're going to make so much money off of this. So we know that like the um, uh, state agencies and federal agencies have bought it. Um, there's been links between the Department of Homeland Security and uh, Trapwire, but in one of those encrypted emails that we got a hold of today, um, uh, Stratford as uh, VP Burton, he actually says that, oh, you know, in one case, we have ties, you know, right with the White House, and we don't have to worry about uh, the Department of Homeland Security, like, screwing it up. He actually says, you know, we don't have to worry about DHS, we don't have to worry about D.C. I don't know if he's actually referring to, you know, the, the city jurisdiction of D.C. or if he's using, you know, like, the within-the-beltway euphemism. But regardless, he's saying that, you know, oh, well, we have a deal right there, so we don't have to worry about this whole other bureaucratic entity. But other times they're saying, oh, yeah, we're going to push it on these people and we're going to make a ton of money. Um, so where that money is actually coming from, particularly like 
you know, who funded this, who funded that. I know I've seen some figures out there, but that's another thing that we're still trying to put together. But luckily, that information, when it comes to city spending and federal spending and county spending, that's stuff that you can get. That's stuff that you're not going to be refused unless this really is, you know, that big secret evil organization and they're going to go to great lengths to hide it from us. I mean, keep in mind that as we're discussing this right now, um, from what I'm seeing on, on the interwebs is that the British authorities are knocking on Julian Assange's door right now so that they can steal him before Ecuador can perhaps give him political asylum. Right. This is what's happening right now. Right. Is it that far-fetched to think that Trapwire is, you know, really making this happen and they're going to tr- go to great lengths to keep it that much more secret from us. And WikiLeaks has been under uh, uh, even more strenuous uh, DDoS attack than usual over the past few weeks, is that right? Uh, yeah, it, WikiLeaks was on, WikiLeaks.org was online as of a few hours ago, but it was under DDoS attacks, uh, distributed denial of service attacks for the last, uh, for the two weeks that preceded that. And they, um, according to whoever was running the WikiLeaks Twitter account, said that it seems like they were being hit with, like, a ridiculous amount of computers. Like, they were getting hit with so much traffic that it was something that really would have to be incredibly heavily, like, state-orchestrated or else someone that's able to emulate that power. So they were getting hit for around two weeks, and uh, luckily enough people saw that the, these global intelligence files... The Stratford emails were this severe that they had to go mirror that data. So luckily, it's out there. You can find it. All right, excellent. Well, we're coming up against our last break, and then we'll come back to wrap things up with Andrew Blake. Again, talking about Trapwire. If you haven't searched into it yet, I hope you, you do, and keep that Google Google trend line going up. Actually, don't use Google. Use startpage.com. But on that note, let's take a short <laughs> break, and we'll be right back after this. the governments. It's there to give give you sunshine and lollipops and rainbows and make manna from heaven fall down. And don't ever dare question the way that they're providing security for you. Don't don't look into trap wire or things like this. There could be nothing behind this. Uh, yeah. All right, pay well, no we, attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, pay no attention. Absolutely. All right. Well, obviously, every I imagine every single person in my audience is uh, is aware of of just how important issues like these are. But uh, but you never know. There's always new people tuning in, so uh, it's difficult to wrap up a conversation like this, Andrew. But let's let's try for people out there who are just uh, hearing about Trapwire and are on the fence whether or not this is important. Why is this an important issue? Why should people be looking into this? If Trapwire is what we believe it is and what we have very good indication of what it is, it's collecting information about anyone, anywhere, at any time, and that means you. So if you are outside walking to catch a bus or going to work in an elevator, they could be watching that. And not just watching that, but watching you. They can find out who you are. And they're aggr- we're living in, I don't want to say we're living in the future, but we really, we it's no joke that we have that technology that we've always said we're going to have. It really is that creepy. It's just a matter of, is it actually happening? Yeah, it kind of looks like it. So be concerned. 
at least be skeptical. Don't just brush it off. This is a thing. All right. Well, on that note, RT has been at the forefront of this, breaking the story and keeping on it. So I hope people will be tuned into RT for more on this story, uh, rt.com, rt.com slash USA for RT America. But are there any other websites or anything else you'd like to uh, point people to on this story? Just keep following uh, rt.com slash USA. Uh, our Twitter is rt underscore America. And uh, my own tweets, you can follow me at AP Blake. And I've been trying to do way too much work with this stuff. So you can follow me and uh, in between really bad song lyrics and, <laughs> and other crap and dancer kids, you'll see Trapwire. So. Well, on that note, just before we let you go, um, we've been t- uh, talking about your personal website, apblake.com, where you have uh, some photography and writing and other things that you're doing. Uh, tell people a little bit about that. Um, this just uh, might as well have my own domain name. So it's just been sitting there for a couple of years and uh, I've been writing and shooting photos for the last decade or so. So it's a good thing to put this information somewhere, you know. The trap wire can't be the only one collecting information. I got to do something <laughs> on my own too. So, um, yeah, apblake.com is mostly um, my photos. I was just on assignment at Lollapalooza in Chicago last weekend, and uh, that article is being published tonight, I believe. So that'll probably be linked from there. But if you want to know more about the nerdy guy that's on RT, sometimes you can go to apblake.com. But it's pretty bad HTML. I would just follow me on Twitter for all of your lols. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll leave it there for now. But Andrew, thank you so much for your time, and I hope people will continue following your reporting. Let's hope. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Okay, that's going to do it for tonight, folks. Once again, thank you for tuning in for Corbett Report Radio. I'm the host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and of course, we'll be back 23 hours from now with an all new edition of the broadcast. And since it's Thursday night, we will be talking to James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com. So I hope you'll be strapped in for that conversation. And until then, thank you all for tuning in for tonight, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.